0: Welcome to the Next Level American Dream podcast, brought to you by Thompson Multifamily Group. Your hosts, Abigail and Sean, will discuss how you can take your American dream to the next level through real estate investing, business practices, and personal development. Join us as we share our experiences as a father-daughter duo who are trying to accomplish their goal of financial freedom. We hope you learn more about how to define and achieve your American dream, Here's another episode of Next Level American Dream.
1: Hi everybody, welcome to Next Level American Dream Podcast. I'm Sean, this is Abby. We're going to talk to you today a little bit about uh, our business and how things uh, operate and how we do things so you can get to know us a little bit better. We're going to talk a little bit about our investors and how that works. Uh, so what are some of the questions we've been getting from people that want to invest with us?
0: I think our first question is really, the difference between conventional investments like stocks, bonds, and mutual funds, and how that differs from real estate.
1: From what we do. Yeah. Well, you know, it's the biggest difference is that the stocks, bonds, mutual funds—you don't have very much control over, right? So you, there's no—you sort of put your money into a fund that's managed by an asset manager, and it's—it's it's just kind of all mysterious, right? For me anyway, I mean, there's a lot of people that do stock trading on their own. They buy their own, you know, accounts and and do their own trades every day, you know, stock trades or whatever day traders or whatever. So they have, they take control of what they're doing, but most people I think just invest in, you know, an S and P 500 index fund or a mutual fund or something like that. And they just sort of, um, expect it to go up every year. And I don't think that that's great. People you know, need those sorts of things, but I don't think that is a great investment for someone like me, I just I just don't like to have that little control over what I, my destiny, right? Yeah. So for me, real estate affords me the opportunity to sort of impact my investment a great deal. So I can paint a building or, you know, fix something up or improve the way the place is run and increase rents and, and those sorts of things. And it makes my, my investment improved and, and worth more money, right? Mm-hmm. And so I can have a direct impact or, or my group can have a direct impact on how successful that investment can be in the future and yeah. so the reason for real estate to me being the best thing to invest in is just that control element one reason but there's a multitude of real reasons actually but the, the the thing about real estate is that you can buy a piece of property that's distressed or in trouble or you know need some work or things like that you can do that work you can improve the business and multifamily especially you can you know have management that's not qu- you know quite doing their job. you can have the place starting to, to run down yeah. and if you fix those things, improve your management and streamline your processes, get you know tenants happy, your residents happy, get more people moving in and you can start increasing those rents you can exponentially increase the value of your property right so you can improve your cash flow you can improve your your net return on the sale. Yeah. The other benefit to real estate is, is uh, the depreciation, right? So the government gives you depreciation on on your rental portfolio that offsets any of the income you're making. As a real estate professional, you can use that to you know offset your all your income. So you don't get that with a stock. You can't buy a, a Coca Cola stock or something and get a depreciation off your earned income from or off your income passive income from other stuff, right? Yeah. In real estate, you can't. So
0: so you're a real estate professional so you get that depreciation but for people who passively invest do they get the same benefit
1: it's not the same they still can get depreciation against the earned or passive income in those investments but they don't get like i i can use that depreciation against all my income because i'm a real Mm -hmm. estate professional i make you know the majority of my income from real estate so you can transfer that that depreciation across other I guess, income stream. So if I make money on this property or that property, I can depreciate all that income, whether it's the depreciation is from one property to the other, right? So right. Uh, someone who's in, invested in that that's not a real estate professional still gets a depreciation against the income they're earning on that, that investment as a passive investor. But they don't, you know, you can't take it against your other income. But as a real estate professional, you can take it against your other income too. So right. that's that's just a, I don't know what way you call that, it, but it's a, more advanced, I guess. Right. (laughs) Investing. But yeah. uh, So anyway, so could, you know, the reason for conventional versus non-conventional, the reason I like non-conventional more is just, it's it's more, it's more high touch. It's more control. Uh, I control my destiny a little bit more. You know, wall street just does its thing. You can't, I can't call the asset manager Mm -hmm. for the the mutual fund that I'm invested in and say, Hey, how, what what are you thinking? yeah. Yeah. What are you thinking with these, you know, things happening in this in the news or whatever. And yeah. what kind of moves you think planning on making with this, you know, whereas with us, you know, my investors are all friends of mine. They know me personally, they can, they can contact me and say, Hey, Sean, you know, what are you thinking about this problem in the news about, you know, multifamily investing and, and we can talk, you know, talk to them about what we're, stri- you know, our strategy for dealing with that. Right. Yeah. And what we're doing to counter that or what we're doing to, to improve that. You know, so you can't, you just can't get that on the on a Wall Street investment like you can with us.
0: Right. I think our next question is when you're looking at going from a conventional investment like stocks um, and bonds and mutual funds and like that and things like that, and looking to real estate. A lot of people invest in stocks and all those kind of investments with their IRAs and their retirement funds. And we're not experts on this. And we have um, a guest that is on our show in a previous episode. Kirk. But is it even possible for people to use their retirement funds to invest in real estate?
1: Yeah. So there's, that's, there's a couple levels in that question. So if you're putting your own money aside to invest in real estate, then you can absolutely invest in real estate. Multifamily syndication specifically is what we're talking about. So
0: retirement savings of your own.
1: Right. If it's If it's a non like. The um, IRA designated fund mm-hmm. or account that the IRS said designates as an IRA,
0: right?
1: You can invest whatever however you want, right? Yeah. But if you have like a self-directed IRA, is that that's kind of what you're talking about? Like, I think is a self-directed IRA. You can do investments in multifamily, but you're subject to a UBIT or a, taxes. Yeah, there's a there's a tax that that triggers because of the debt that's against the property, right? Mm-hmm. So whatever your debt is against the property is, uh, there's a formula for it. you're, it's way beyond me. My accountant would have to <laughs> f- tell me what to, te- what to do. But yeah, so there is, if you do use IRA funds, there is a tax, but oftentimes in our case, anyway, the, the depreciation and the tax are kind of offsetting, so depending on your status, like real estate professional or not, Mm -hmm. uh, those kinds of things. Sometimes that evens out. So you still get your returns. You get your your depreciation sort of offsets the tax burden that you have with the, whatever investments you make, but you know, it it depends again. So every, every deal is different and I'm not an accountant, so it's hard for me to speak to those things, but I think the bigger question that you're asking or that people are asking us is, can I even do this? Yeah. Right. So most people are invested in stocks, bond, mutual funds with their, their retirement accounts. They don't even know that, you know, non-conventional investments are an alternative for them.
0: Right. Yes. They
1: think that they have to invest with Wall Street. Mm -hmm. And that's not the case. You can get, you know, you're into a self-directed IRA. There's several providers, you know, Quest, Specialized, Equity Trust. There's all kinds of uh, providers for this type of thing. But yeah, tons of them. And they can uh, provide you with your own... IRA account that you can then decide what you want to do with, right? There are limitations to it and there are rules to it and your accountant and your custodian should tell you, you know, guide you through that process, so. right? Yeah. Uh, but in terms of real estate, I deal with IRA investors all the time, especially in our single family business. I have guys who loan us money on single family properties. And then we have people in our multifamily businesses as well that that invest with us through their self-directed programs. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's all kinds of levels to that too. And it's, it's so complicated. We you know, your mom and I have sort of gone through that with her stuff right now. And, yeah. and it's, it's, you know, I'm pretty well versed in these things and it's still kind of like confusing and sometimes, but, but there's people out there that can help people through that. But the 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 fact is that you can invest in things that aren't a stock market yeah. product, right? It's possible. It is possible. Yeah. And, and you can do really well. And the beauty of it is that you, like I said earlier, is that you have a more connected investment too, right? Yeah. So you're more connected to what you're investing in, who you're investing with, what's happening with it, and those sorts of things. And I think a lot of people are looking for that. You know, Wall mm-hmm. Street is just kind of this big anonymous entity now.
0: Very um, abstract.
1: Yeah, and there's no control over it. There's no you know, it just it doesn't make a lot of sense for people. Whereas an investment with an apartment complex is very simple. You're buying an asset that produces income and you're improving it and making adjustments to it and try to make it better and make more money with it right so it's a very simple business a very simple kind of understanding and it's like I said it's very close and high-touch investment for someone who wants to invest passively so that's I think that's what people are really inquiring about is can I even do this and the answer is yes so it's good
0: that's great so now that we've talked about the difference between the conventional investments and real estate specifically but even in real estate, there's a lot of different avenues and a lot of different asset classes, and we focus on multifamily, but can you kind of explain why that's the avenue that we chose and what some of the benefits are, both on the active investing side and passive investing side, and why multifamily would be a good option?
1: Yeah, so there's two things that drive kind of my business uh, in this uh, regard. Number one is that I try to provide income for our family, right? So I want to find assets that are producing income every month uh, that are essentially a passive investment income that I get checks for. Right. So I want cash flow. So that's uh, one of the things I look for. And then one of my motivations is to create communities that people can live in, that they feel safe, uh, they feel happy to raise their families in those sorts of things. I really enjoy providing shelter for people that that they like and they enjoy living in and they feel good about. Right. So those two things kind of drive every decision that I make beyond that. The reason, and I, I've done this in single family as well, but the reason multifamily to me is appealing is multifamily is a scalable business. So it, it's larger units or one project with a number, large number of units. Mm-hmm. And you can sort of buy this as a business, right? So you're, you're, you're looking at an asset that is actually operating as a business. So rents come in, you have operations, you pay staff and all these other things. And then you have profits that come out the back. Right. So you can improve that property, raise rents you can improve that property's operations and lower expenses, right? Right. Uh, So you can do those efficiency things and make the property worth more money and you can make it operate at a higher level, right? So more cash flow coming in, less cash flow going out or less cash going out makes you more money on the cash flow side. And that also equates to when you have a higher NOI or net operating income on your property that Mm -hmm. your valuation goes up too. So when you go to sell that property, it's worth a great deal more, right? Right. So those, just efficiency things and scalable things with multifamily make them very appealing in terms of investing, right? Mm-hmm. Then you've got the depreciation, which is, I think I touched on a moment ago, but yeah. you know, with, with multifamily, a single family too, you get, you get a depreciation schedule. So all your income that you make from that property or from other properties that bring as a real estate professional, I can take those deductions against all my income, but it's essentially more money, more, more you know, profits that I'm not paying the government because I get these these depreciations against my income mm-hmm. because I own this property, because I'm making improvements to the property, because I'm operating this business. So I don't pay nearly as much in taxes as someone that would just go to a job and make the same amount of money, right? Right. They'll, they'll pay a lot more because they're not having this benefit of this investment depreciation that the IRS allows for. You know, so, there's
0: greater tax incentives.
1: Or multifamily right versus just your traditional earned income right.
0: Right, so that's a little bit more on the passive or um, active side of investing. Are there benefits more specifically within multifamily outside of the ones that you just talked about that is a little bit more beneficial to a passive investor?
1: Well, the way the way most syndications are structured, the, the passive investors get all those benefits, right? So you're looking for uh, an asset that you can increase revenue and decrease uh, expenses and then also get that tax depreciation and that's passed on to your passive investors your passive investors are part of the deal right yeah so they have a a limited partnership in the in the deal Mm -hmm. they get that same benefit If if the cash flow is going up expenses are going down that secures their investment right that makes their their investment more stable right right so if i put my money into a an apartment complex and it's not running mm-hmm. right, you know. People aren't sort of doing the right things. Right. My return is a little bit shaky. sketchy Shaky. Right. Yeah. Right. But if you have a nice, even business, that stability is is critical. And with most multifamilies, if you if you do it properly, if you underwrite them properly, if you do your due diligence, if you go through that process, you get good management. You operate the business properly. It creates the stability, right? And so, passive investors get all those benefits just like I was talking about, just like mm-hmm. we would looking for those key things to make the, those fundamental key things to make that business operate smoothly benefits the passive investor as well. And then we, in our deals, we pass on um, a portion of the depreciation to our passive investors. So they the income they're making is also offset with depreciation, yeah. offset. right? Somewhat.
0: Right. So I think a major highlight in all of that we talked about just now is that Essentially, real estate takes or at least reduces a lot of the volatility in investing because of how we run our deals and how we approach the opportunity. We really try and optimize our stability in every, every way that we can.
1: Well, for me, so I guess if you're a passive investor and looking into this, for me, I want zero Volatility in my program, right? My in my deals, right? Yeah. So if I'm if I'm operating the deal, if I'm in charge of putting this indication together, I'm operating the deal. I'm looking for very high level of stability, right? I do not want any volatility at all mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. Which translates to everybody else that's around me gets that same benefit, right? It's so the
0: same stability.
1: Well, yeah. What I'm looking for for my investments, uh, you're going to get as a passive investor as well. Yeah. So when I say I, I don't want these things. I'm looking for deals that that give me the most security that I can get in my mind for having a successful and stable investment, right? Over a long period of time, I'm looking for very, you know, in my in in what I want my investments. I think of my investments for long t- long term. There is a horizon on those things yeah. that we sort of calculate, but in my mind, I'm going to keep something forever. Uh, that's not always the case. I do sell stuff all the time, but i think of it as as do i want this asset in my portfolio indefinitely yeah
0: right? for a long period of time
1: right if it's and if i'm looking at it thinking hey maybe not yeah it might be a good opportunity now but in 20 years the thing's going to be falling apart or uh the location's no good i just you know I just it, the neighborhood just is kind of turning the wrong way or things like that mm-hmm. i know i'll i won't deal with those things right right so what a passive investor wants is to look at what I am my objectives are. Yeah. Right, as an investor because I'm we're all in the same boat, right? Essentially. Right. I'm going to buy this property and have an expectation for myself, which they should also understand is the expectation that they want too, right? Absolutely. So, the benefit that they get is is also the benefits that I'm looking for for myself. So, you you know as a passive investor, you probably want to find out what what is Sean trying to achieve here? What is yeah. what is my goal?
0: What are your motives?
1: Well, what is my goal in the in the in the investment, right? Yeah. What am I trying to accomplish? Yeah. And and if those align, then you can invest. But if they don't, then you probably shouldn't, right? And I that's why I know all my investors because I want to know that they they understand what I'm trying to do, and I want to understand what they're trying to do in the investment, in their investments. Yeah. And if those things align, then it makes a much better relationship and a much better just cohesive opportunity for both of us, right? Absolutely. So that's why we do that, that we get to know people, and we get those phone calls and we have those conversations is so that we can make sure that, hey, what you want to do and what I want to do looks like it's pretty well aligned. Let's go move forward with these things, right? Yeah.
0: And you're really building a trust in your relationship also. And it's important to have that trust, especially when it comes to money.
1: Yeah, well I think they need to understand what we're trying to do and and I think they need to be comfortable with it. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't ask anybody to give uh, over their hard-earned money that didn't understand what we were trying to accomplish uh, and didn't feel as though that was the right goal for them too, right? So yeah. they definitely want to have I want to have our interest at heart and I want them to understand what that is and if that's aligned then that we, you know, that, that we can move forward. If it's not then we shouldn't, right? So right. you don't want anybody investing in your stuff that doesn't feel the same way. that someone's wanting to get their money back, you know, in 30 days or something, we're the wrong thing, right? Or if they're, right. if they don't, if they just don't understand what you're trying to accomplish, it's probably not going to work out well. So yep. we always make sure everybody's clear on what we're trying to do with, with every project. So Yeah.
0: Well, I hope you guys learned a little bit more about what it would look like if you were to switch over from stock market to real estate and then just kind of some of the things that we look at and see in multifamily and why that's the avenue that we chose. Thank you guys so much for joining us today in our fourth or fifth Next Level chat here with my dad, and I hope to see you guys next time. Bye, thank you. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Next Level American Dream. If you would like to learn more about what we talked about today, want to contact the team directly, or interested in passively investing and being a part of our deal room, head over to our website at www.thompsonmultifamilygroup.com. Before you go, please leave a review. Your comments help us create more episodes for you to enjoy.